In just a second, you'll be treated to the 21st episode of Strange Assembly. But first, I wanted to apologize because this episode is another one of our even more subpar audio quality than usual ones. Sorry about that. But it did get me thinking, if everybody who listened to Strange Assembly gave us a quarter, well, we'd have many, many quarters. But then we could use those quarters to get a better set of recording equipment, and then hopefully you would never have to listen to one of these messages again. Or we could get a sponsor. I mean, what's a more valuable target demographic than a bunch of gamers who already spend all of their money on Legend of the Five Rings and so couldn't possibly afford whatever it is you're selling? I assure you, it's a market worth investing in. Anyhow, here's your episode. Live from Omicron Percy I-8, this is Strange Assembly, your home for everything Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Chris Stevenson, and here with me today are Kevin Kennedy. Please, oh, I'm sorry, I thought it was Jason. And Justin Purdy. L5R players, 90 minutes left in the podcast. 90 minutes. We all lose if we don't get finished in that amount of time. Triple loss. Triple loss. Yeah. I've got a party to go to, and there will be Southwestern egg rolls. None of the rest of us are invited. Just Justin. It's true. I bet he indeed. He's a big jerk. That's kind of a party. Indeed. Today we're going to talk about the, let's call it the Strange Assembly Cote. Okay, the Atlanta Cote, since we were all there. Uh, we'll talk about some other goings on. Even John. Every single person who has appeared on this podcast, unless you count the interviews. Uh, yeah, yeah, everyone. Was at the Atlantic Coast. And then we'll also talk a little bit about the Emperor Edition previews. But first, I guess we'll just talk about Arcote. So you were the one who played in it, Kevin? Yes. Tell us about Trevor playing live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. And he didn't win. Sucker. I was seeing if he turned in his deck list to me, and he's he's like... Okay, don't don't tell anyone. I'm like, what? What are you playing? Are you playing some spider or something? And then he shows me a stronghold. I'm like, oh, good lord. I don't know how Trevor brought himself to play Lion. I, I really, really don't. Yeah, I mean, Kevin, you tried to switch out of Phoenix, I, I, and, but I, at least not but not into Scorpion. I, I, thought, I thought about playing Spider for a brief moment. I had this brief, inexplicable attack of evil on the inside of my core being. I don't know, it just comes out of time. It wasn't brief. You swapped back and forth like three times. I know, it was a struggle. It was like... The two combating forces within my soul. And then you had to tear up the spider deck list I, to stop yourself from submitting it again. I had to tear it up to do the right thing. And, I'm, and I'm, I think I'm, you were regretting it after you tore it up, too. No, I, 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 I had made up my mind at that point. Um, I, I'm glad I did. I, I felt like my, my deck did well, even though I didn't make the cut. Yes, Kevin ended up 5-2, top Phoenix, and that was 16th place, I think. Yeah. Conveniently... We cut to top eight, but conveniently top sixteen was exactly the five twos. Yeah. So that made a nice point. If you haven't gone on to the Strange Assembly website, you can go on strangeassembly.com and see almost all of the top sixteen deck lists. We do have permission now to put the Scorpion one up, which mm-hmm. hadn't been up yet, so only 
the Crane deck that got 11th. Oh, and Trevor's deck, because he's too embarrassed. <laughs> Let's just true. put it this way. It's, it's, it's a bunch of good wine people and 40 red cards. Okay, excuse me. 39 red cards in Develop Helix. 38 red cards. Pro- well, all the other line decks had Hiroshi's Legion in them. Oh, really? I don't know if he did, but... Yeah. They, they, most of the line decks have probably have Hiroshi Legion. Yeah, and, and DBY. It just depends on what he thought of at the time. He didn't even put in the naval lion chick because he forgot she existed. Yeah, well... It's just whatever he thought of. None of the other lion decks ran her. Yeah. So, so but I, I think he probably would have because he she, likes She naval. actually synergized with the Skunkle who was playing, too. Yes, because you can bow her to do her ranged attack and then straighten her with the box, And right? give her plus three fourths because she's a hero. Because she's a hero. But why don't you talk about your how your chote went? Okay. Um, well, I, I didn't make the cut because I lost my first two games. Um, I just stuck it out anyways, even though I know I knew at the time I probably wasn't going to make the cut with that happening. My first game was against Mac. We made top eight with Mantis, um, and basically that gold screwed. Uh, I didn't see enough gold at the start of the game. I had to buy a personality in my first turn. Not good against DGC. Not good against not, most Not good decks, anything. Yeah. Unless your deck's designed it's, to do ex- that. Especially not so good against DGC. Like, because Steve got the 8 problem strength. And, you know, under certain circumstances, I can blitz uh, a problem. If they've got 7 problem strength. But not, not against his deck. And he was playing a, uh, a Mantis Magistrate deck. And we're really kind of hurt me in that game was his stolen properties because I spent eight of my Rising Sun Blade and then he sent it back to my hand and like, well, yeah, that's a lot of people are not going to be buying. That's a lot of gold to go away all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, stolen property is not terrible. Then my second loss was against the Scorpion, uh, Scorpion Ninja deck, which I shouldn't have lost because it was my mistake. What happened was I saw three people in my second turn and I like to buy a Strickle to my third turn so I like, Order keeps all three people when I should have kept at least one of them. Um, and then I saw two events and a holding on my second border keep. Well, that's what happens when you waste your second border keep well, trying to get a random extra holding. Against Ninja. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're never going to use it again. Yeah. as well, but yes, you should have kept guys. I should have kept the guys. So yeah. That was my fault. And the rest of my matches were wins from then on out. Played against a battle made deck. That poor guy did not win a game. Okay. We gave him a prize. We got a prize. Okay, yeah, there, there was one player who went winless and stuck it out and played all of his rounds, yeah. and he got some extra packs at the end of the day. Yeah, that was my, my third match. I played against two breeder decks. They got hit really, really hard by my events. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was a good game. No copies of forewarning? One guy was playing Subversive Influence, and that cost him a game. I saw my Empiricus in my second to last uh, Dynasty round. Uh, he plays Reverse Influence and went right back to my deck. I fought everything else. Imperial Census came right back up because I was the last in my deck. And uh, so he was basically forced to attack all four of my provinces at that point. He was down to one. All I really needed to do was defend one, and I did that handily. I killed all of the zombies. Lost yeah. the zombies. Despite getting suckered into an unfamiliar ground that I shouldn't have because my guidance was still out. But... After the coach, I promptly went home and swapped the subversive influence out of my breeder deck and put <laughs> warning back in. Lessons learned. At someone else's expense. Eh. 
that can also be one of those things. You know, you you know when you put subversive influence in your deck that there's some chance of that, that sort of thing happening. Yeah. And I mean, it, even it if it's al- not like the deck's totally run out, there's a chance you're just going to see it again next turn. And yeah, and the, so that can be a situation of overreacting to a low probability event actually occurring. So if he had put full warning in his deck instead of subversive influence, I don't know how that game would have gone. Would have been different. Yes. I still have full provinces though, so my other spider matchup uh wasn't actually so much the event meta as that I got off a really, really good retribution against him when he wasn't expecting it. And that's one of the things that I like about my deck. Its defense is really, really aggressive offense. And I can retribution pretty consistently. Uh, I played against a Crane MC Honor deck that got hit hard by the Fox meta. I played against Crane, Crane Honor deck that got hit really hard by my, by my Box Bowl meta. Uh, I played against the Crab Scout deck that got really, really hit hard by my retribution. So not your Box Bowl meta? Not the box limit, actually. It didn't show up. <laughs> I guess the cavalry and not being able to build up and, you know, how aggressive my deck is would hurt him. Cavalry and naval guys are good. Plus, using consumption by fire on his guys at home with the three forts that do the key recon actions. Also, also good. I feel like I'm missing deck. We went five and two, spider, so. Fire spider. Crane, Crab, Unicorn, there's no five wins. Okay, yeah. And the two losses were Mantis, Scorpions. Well, of course, Justin and I neither won nor lost any games because we were running the Kote. I yelled so much. Yeah, since the Kote, I have been sick, Jay has been sick, and Justin has been sick. We were running it. Uh, I started out the morning with a sore throat and my voice already half gone, but I was obstinate and I insisted on doing the blitzes myself at the beginning. It was very inspirational. I was in tears. Including an additional halfway through the tournament for Benjamin. Yes, yes. Halfway through the tournament, my wife came by with my son, Benjamin, so he's now been to his first L5R tournament, and I yelled a little bit at the, the crowd and, and made them do an Utz Benjamin. Hold him up Lion King style. Yes. I, I think many of them were like, seriously? Seriously, dude? You're, you're making us sit through this? But, you know, nobody actively said anything, so that was nice. I muttered it under my breath. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, look, everybody, it's Jay, Jay Wow Earl, who has come to visit us for our special Jersey Shore segment of the podcast, right here in the middle of the Cote conversation. Hey, Jay. Hey. <laughs> so, did you totally see last night's episode? Uh, no? No? They're, are they still making that channel? <laughs> yes, they're still making it. I have no idea when episodes of it are. Uh, we were saying something about the Cote. Probably about, about all of us how... losing our voices and getting sick, that that sort of thing. And but... holding Benjamin up in the air. Yes, yeah. people suffering through that. I thought overall the coche went pretty well. We got all the rounds running pretty chop-chop. That was the best part. The, the time? 
We were yeah. done by like about 10.30 or so, and people went to Taco Mac. Yeah. yeah, I think that's one of the smoothest coaches I've been to. It was impressive. Well, they, the projector screen with the, the pairings was really, really helpful. Yes, yeah. it let people see their pairings much From more quickly. Right. And get their seats much more quickly. It's always my if you have access to an overhead projector or something, people, good idea. Do this. Yeah. Or I'm curious, Kevin, how long did it take the people playing in the Cote to realize that their seat numbers had nothing to do with how well they were doing in the Cote? Uh... <laughs> I didn't really notice. I I knew that I was I was always in like like the the, the mid twenties, oh. and I I felt that that was kind of consistent with my performance there. So so I didn't really hear any feedback about how oh, you didn't even know yeah. how people were doing. You guys were really really closed lipped about the whole rankings and everything. Oh, people didn't really. Well, I didn't. We were closed lipped. Like, well, we started putting them up in later rounds. Yeah, we did. Yeah. You did, but. I asked Jay, like, like you know. I don't think it was closed lip. I think it was we weren't bothering to figure it out. Uh, but what yeah. the round were you asking after round three or something? I'm, what did two? Where am I? 50th or no, 57th? No, no, no. I, I think I was asking about, about clans or something. Uh, oh, yeah. We, we, it took a while for us to get around to figuring that out because we oh, didn't take it at the beginning. Yeah, at the end, the the store owner was the one who was putting people's names into the systems. And he didn't put the clans, the clans okay. which is why we could only tell who was top of clan at any point in time by just looking at the list and trying to be like, okay, I know that guy's playing this. I know. We just had a we, list of like the top twenty or so people. We put clans next to them. It's like, oh, he moved up. Here's another person we don't know. Find his deck list, someone. So that's why, if you were asking who was top of clan after like round five, it wasn't because we were being closed lipped. It's because we we had no know without having to sit down and figure it out. Yeah. I, at one point, I was just trying to figure out who the other three Phoenix players were. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't just many out of you. curiosity. Yes, but although you, you know, although you didn't notice, there was no top table and bottom table. The, the, it wasn't like all the undefeated guys at the top few tables. Everybody was mixed in, so all the good players were mixed in with the yeah. not doing as well players. And I didn't notice that. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I figure people must have when you're like, I'm I'm two o, but I'm at table thirty two. What is going? Yeah, on? normally you sit down next to the to the people next to you and you're talking to them before. It's like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm also three and one. That's wonderful. <laughs> and now you sit next to people. It's like, how are you doing? Oh and five. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm five oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean the only time where I had an inkling that was going on was my third round when I was O two and I was on like table nineteen or something. I'm like Well we did this a little already, Jay, but I it occurred to me, did you have anything you wanted to say to make fun of uh Trevor? To play Ryan? <laughs> I don't think there's anything I can say that could make more fun of him than just the fact that he did it. Yeah, if I was more industrious and this podcast didn't take up so much time already, I'd put together a montage of Trevor saying mean <laughs> things about Lion. But that would be pretty good. But that's just we'll, too we'll much. Leave, we'll leave that as an exercise for the listener. There you go. Yes, if anybody out in the audience would like <laughs> it, to go through our last twenty episodes and it, find instances. In, of, fact, in fact, if somebody wants to do that, get all those audio clips, auto tune them, make a nice little song. <laughs> we will totally play that during the next podcast. If someone auto-tunes a bunch of Trevor clips, I would totally put that up somewhere, yes. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be funny. He could be the next YouTube sensation. Yes. Uh, I can see that, too. But, 
Uh, anything else? Oh, yeah. So we, uh, if you don't check the internet constantly, uh, Evan ended up winning the Cote with Lion. I, I actually let him keep cards for me the first deck. It's like, I don't know how I feel about letting you cards for your deck, because I, I played against your deck, and it's really, really hard for me to beat. It's really, really hard for most decks. Turns out, it was hard for anyone to beat. Yeah, did he lose a he match? Some, he lost the match. He the oh, that's right, he did. That's right, because Trevor was the one who was undefeated after Petra Swiss. But there was no Swiss curse. In the top eight, all all four of the top-seeded players won, and only one of those games did the lower-ranking player even... Sorry, only one of those matches did the player even take a game. And then Trevor was losing to Scorpion was the first upset. Right? Oh, no. He, you know, he, sorry, he beat Scorpion in top eight, and then he lost uh, to Robin's Crab. In, Robin's deck in was another four. one that not many people beat. No, and I think that is the fifth time that Robin has gotten seconds yeah. at a Cote. I, I don't... I mean, I haven't He's been playing happy. the game long, but yes, I've seen him get second at just about every Cote I've ever been to. Yeah, and then he runs. He's one of the guys running the South Carolina Cote, so he doesn't get to try to to win in that one anymore. But yeah, oh, is there anything else exciting to say about the Atlanta Cote? Uh, claiming the throne deck. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah, there, there was a deck that won claiming the throne like three three times. times. Uh, we had the oh, we had our honor event was L five R Jeopardy. As the as the well. as the person primarily responsible for that, I would have to say that it was a failure. I learned something important. I, I wanted to to not do the costume or theme deck contest because, like, oh, everybody's got those. Those happen all the time, and I didn't think about it from the TO side, which is that you don't have to do any work for those contests. The contestants <laughs> yeah. do all the work. Yeah. They show up and you judge them. For the L5R Jeopardy. The tourney staff has to do lots of work in advance. <laughs> yes. yes. I come up with reasonable questions to ask people. We, we, Which, well, we didn't succeed in coming up with reasonable yeah. questions. I've, I've, I've been to two events where the tourney did L5R Jeopardy as their, their secondary contest, and every time the person in charge of it makes these ridiculously hard I'll questions give you a hint. Nobody can the guy who got second place in our Jeopardy competition had a negative score. Well, but they were. John was the one who was emceeing the Jeopardy. We were the the official attorney staff was off watching the top eight and active junk and all that. But I got the impression that they ended up in negatives because they weren't really trying sure. too much. But well, well, last place at a certain point was like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm just going to answer randomly. Yes. Perhaps they would have tried harder if they had realized that I was actually handing out real packs for the, the winner. Too. So, yes, the winner of the honor event, on top of the other stuff, did get a box of cards. I wanted to reward people for actually trying. And they also did not make the cut for competing in that, too, No, apparently. no. Well, well, yeah, that was the thing. In order Because in order to do L5R Jeopardy as a quiz show thing, you can't just let everybody walk up and did that. So we handed out a 10-question written quiz, and I figured that that would narrow it down to people who were more L5R nerds and would know more of the harder trivia questions, which was one of the reasons why the 
actual Jeopardy questions were a little bit more expensive. Because they figured if you were cheating up and looking up the answers on your iPhone during the quiz, then the actual, you know, Jeopardy part would weed you out anyway. Well, I... Was anybody... Did, did you see anybody doing that? Yeah. Or I heard there are people doing it. Ah! Uh, seriously? You people were cheating on the honor events? And you didn't even do very well? I, I, yeah, like I, there were I don't apparently... I really want to name names, but... There were people trying people. to cheat on this. Name names. Not on podcast. <laughs> Look, I hit pause. No one will ever know. It's not going to be on the podcast. Just tell me. Because you're a horrible liar. You know that? <laughs> I heard yes. Trevor, Trevor did really well on the trivia contest, I heard. No, well, Trevor was. <laughs> Trevor and a lot of people I mean, didn't you know, make an effort. That's, you know, with an honor event like a costume or a theme deck. You usually only have a handful of things. With this, I have, to, yes, I have to print out <laughs> enough for everybody to try, so even the people who aren't interested get the quiz sheet and then hand it in with something saying, Hey, Amari. This claim? This is quiz for the crab claim? I don't... I or, see, no, that was, the, that was a couple years ago. I did not see any of those. I was expecting to. We got did some of those. Did you see Trevor's? Yeah, Trevor's was I, Amari. I, Amari was every answer. <laughs> I, Amari was a correct answer for one of the Jeopardy questions. Amusingly enough, yeah. Who's I, Amari? <laughs> he's serious, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He's the Mantis Kenku Ninja. He's like Trevor's, Trevor's favorite, favorite character, character ever. Oh, okay. The Jeopardy answer was Sean pretends this character doesn't exist because Sean has said that he would rather quit doing L5R than write a story <laughs> with AMR <laughs> in it because it's a Mantis Kenku Ninja. It's a Kenku Ninja. I, it makes no sense. You know, that kind of makes me want to try to win a tournament with Mantis and put Amari in there just for Trevor. He's already trying. You don't yes, need his, yeah, he doesn't they, need your help. Sean just will reject the result. It won't accomplish anything. But we can get on to other dumb Mantis story choices when we talk about the Kote season overall. Okay. Oh, okay. Mantis. So we'll start with that. Now we're done with the Atlanta Cote. Now we'll talk about some of the general Cote season stuff. The Scorpion provinces are getting burned to the ground. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Turns out people like picking things from a list. <laughs> yeah, so, surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, as of right now, there was the eight Cote results from prior weeks, and then I've seen the Melbourne Cote result from this week. Uh, the Polish one might be done already. I think there was. I think it's where the European was this week. Was in Poland. That might be done already too. It but I be, haven't. There's a good chance it's done already. We haven't looked. But I haven't looked that up. But so we've got nine. Out of those nine, two have chosen to defend <laughs> Scorpion provinces. It's the same province. And it was the same province. It's the one that's a dead villainy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I hope that province survives the entire Cote season. That will that would be a out. great running gag in the history of. I, I mean, I guess. I think I think a bounty needs to be made. <laughs> I you know the people already have. That's okay. It, uh, but what we also learned today that bounties can be used for dumb things. I'm going to give the Melbourne Cote winner the benefit of the doubt and assume that he picked this to get the bounty, not because he wanted it. The Mantis won, and they. Apparently, because some Mantis players want the most boring story imaginable, they had put out bounties for the Mantis to choose the secondary port in the Ruined Kingdoms. And so this guy did. So that's basically a non-prize, because you got nothing. 
Like, the Mantis get nothing out of that. Come on, guys. Are they already getting ports in the Ivory Kingdom? They already have the primary port in the Ivory Kingdom. They're the only ones in the Ivory Kingdom except for some spider infiltrators. There's always something to be said for having a monopoly. But that's... But that's... They already have a monopoly on boats. (laughs) You now... The Ivory Kingdoms are like, oh, look... It's another way that the Mantis can not have interesting fictions that actually involve stuff happening. Come on, people. There's other interesting prizes. I think it would have been fun to have the Mantis have the best Falcon aviary in the Empire. Okay, well, that one was just the lamest prize overall. Trevor, because he was going undefeated, it started to worry about, if I win, what is it that I am I going to pick? And so... What we picked for Lion. And that was one of the possibilities was... To choose if if he was going to choose not to defend was the uh, and you know he's not going to defend anything because he wants to see everything. Well, there could well no he was considering defending and we're looking to see what sort of bounties there were. There were bounties to defend. But nobody was putting up money. Not that it didn't matter, but that was one of the things that came up. We we thought that that was the lamest possible selection was the empire's greatest Greatest falconry area. And that may be something that happens as the Kote season goes on. There are about as many Kote as there are story choices. So it may be that as the, if those lists don't get refilled, maybe as the more interesting things get picked, they start saving stuff. I'm sure there's somebody who's like, yes, Falcons, awesome. There could be. I maybe there's a. Uh, oh, it would be hilarious. You could have a crab Torataka fan. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You could have the crab get it. Have the falcons have the falcons. The Torataka, the, the Falcon Clan, was yeah. an answer to one of the trivia questions that almost no one got. It yeah. turns out everything was the answer to a trivia question that <laughs> <no one> got. <laughs> uh, I don't know if people got the IMRI question or not on Jeopardy. I just know that it was the. The question was about in 1990, I think it was in 1999, one minor clan was created and another one was lost. Name one of them. They were all, you had multiple options for all of those yeah. answers. Yeah. And still uh, the highest score was seven. The highest score was seven. But, no, no, but seven's not bad. I, I, some of this, one of the questions was name one of these lieutenant commander guys right. in Kalima's army. Not a single person. In the entire Kote, was able to name even one of them. Like they've been mentioned. In how many I think there was so like far? maybe like one, one paper I graded. Well, so, somebody said Regulus, which was yeah, the, closest the closest answer because the the real one of the real answers is Legulus. Yeah, I or think did somebody I may have actually seen a Legulus. I think I may have actually seen it. Gradual Gradual. Yes, yeah. I remember that. That one had some good joke answers to it. Yeah, nobody knew. Nobody, nobody knew that. I, I blame the story team for writing about an enemy that no one even knows. I, well, I, they've I not done anything with them. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't it's, know. Nobody... It's in the laundry list of villains they've not advanced. Yeah, well, the Evan daughter finally came yeah. up again. And then, yeah. to, to be told, oh, she wasn't really that scary anyway. Although, I don't know why, if she wasn't really that scary important, you made her the lead villain at the start of the arc. I don't know what happened with that. I don't know if that was just a, well, we know we're not going to do anything with her, but she's got massive gazongas in her picture, so we're going to use her. I'm glad I, I was trying not to say that, because right? that seems to be her only superpower. <laughs> but now that someone's current. breached the line, right. you know... Come on, we were if you were at Gen Con when they did the CE fifteen announce, they had the giant projected image of the Evan daughter who's got like a halter top on and is massively endowed. I she's got ram horns, I think. I, I, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, so I guess I know some people think that you shouldn't criticize other people's story choices. I'm not one of those people who thinks <laughs> that. Obviously. Chris is fine with criticizing. Uh, what? There are story choices that are interesting. There are story choices that are not so interesting. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's absolutely your right to pick whatever story choice you want. And, and there was real money. There was real money being offered up by Mantis players to pick that. So certainly if I was a Mantis player and I was winning a tournament with the Mantis deck, it's hard pressed to turn down a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks or whatever it was as a bonus kick in for winning the Kote. Yeah. So that's why I say I, I will give the Kote winner the benefit of the doubt and I will blame the schmucks who put up the bounties. <laughs> you know who you are. I'll put up five bucks for the Falconary. <laughs> for which claim? He oh, I don't care. know. I'll, I'm going to make care. it six if it's the crab so we can Falcons and Falcons while we Falcon our Falcon. Yeah. You will put up extra money if the winner of the honor event is Crab and they pick a Torataka character. Yes, there you go. To defend. <laughs> we need to post this in our forum. Official yeah. Strange Assembly bounty. From well, the no, it's not a Strange Assembly bounty. It's a Jay and Justin bounty. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting up money to see the Falcon reality. It's amusing. I will, I will add a dollar to this to make it the Strange Assembly bounty and we have a majority. You heard it yes. here, folks. Well, $7. There, there, are, there are two problems. One, three of you is not a majority. I can get Trevor to throw down on this. And it, it turns out I actually have a veto right, so it doesn't matter. Oh. It's just going to have to be the you guys bounty. Don't worry, everyone else will consider it a strange assembly yeah. bounty. But maybe we'll even put it up on the main page. We have been getting more people on the main page lately. We've been actually putting stuff on the You've been putting a lot of stuff page. on there, yeah. So yes, you can go to strangeassembly.com. We've been putting up deck lists, uh, results... Me saying mean things about somebody's uh, theme deck write-up. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yes. But we've had one story now. I know when we talked about whether or not people were going to start picking Scorpion Prizes, you and I, Jay, said something about they better make those good fictions. Yeah, those need to be good. I mean, I think that was good enough that people might pick it, except... Except that the yeah. good part was for the guy who chose not to defend. Yeah. And while the guy who won wasn't complaining, there were a lot of Crane players who were complaining about Noritoshi's role in the story, which his, well, his valiant defense of the province was leaving and not killing Jimin. Well, to be fair, that was stupid picks, so... I, I, thought, that, I he, thought that was an interesting choice. I think that's an interesting choice because, yeah, the, for those of you who don't know, the Chicago Cote was won by Crane. The honor event was won by Jimin, which won by Jim, the, the guy whose avatar is Shishiro Jimin. And they chose for Noritoshi and Jimin to be the guys who would successfully defend Shatai. And I think their idea was, to, I don't know, have them put aside their differences and then there was something. But I think from the story team's point of view, they can't do that without it ruining the ruining gym and whatever Noritoshi setup story. is going on. Yeah. yeah. So instead, you got Noritoshi yeah, walking yeah. away, and it, it's it's fine as a story. It's just that I don't know if that's gonna inspire people to go choose to defend. When I think the part that got written about the lion telling the hair to shove off that Kudo wasn't worth defending was was funnier. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that's what Evan basically got. That and a story, so you now can get a decent story, even if you win. 
and don't choose to defend, which is to some extent a necessity because if you win and choose not to defend and then they write a story about how your clan sucks, yeah. then that's one of those kick-in-the-nuts things yes. that nobody wants. You do know in advance, but still people aren't going to like it. Even if they know in advance that that sort of story is going to be written, they won't like it. And I think it's one of the objectives of the story team to people like the story and for people to find story prizes desirable. Really? When did yeah. they start that out? Right after <laughs> they stuck the sword in Casada's uh, gut. No, it must be later than that because I distinctly recall the okay, top of clan or top clan goes to war with whoever makes second place. Oh, Crane or first and second. A civil war. <laughs> what? No, really? I don't yeah. Can that someone was, explain that was this? Why Reed no, went to war that. with. Uh, I did not remember oh, that. Frack, what was the name of the champion at the time? Is this, uh, is this a Battlestar Galactica podcast? Yes. You have to make up some. We did Rokugani fake swear words. We do. Sean, get on it. I have some Rokugani swears. I, I have had people say that we should swear on the podcast, but we're going to keep the clean pad. I, I, Sorry, guys. You have no idea how hard it is for me <laughs> I, 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 to, to keep us in the clean. I'm such a lamer. But anyway, I mean, this, this is back in Jade. Hattori, uh, during, during the Hidden Emperor stuff, there was the Hattori went to civil war against Kuanin where the crane fought crane, and then at the end, it got retconned as, oh, it was ninjas who did it? You don't remember that? Tori on what? On the second day of Thunder? Did I say Tori? Yes. I meant Uji. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Even Uji if you're up, the story gets better and better the longer I hear it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm aware of the Civil War he's talking about. I actually yeah. didn't realize, because when you started talking about... No, no, uh, that's what caused it, was there was a tournament result where <laughs> the first place clan was going to go to war with the second place clan, and they were both crane. Wow. Uh, I guess that depends. It There are times, I know if you were the winner, you've got to be like, oh, that's lousy. Mm -hmm. But there are times when the bad things happen isn't necessarily that. Like, did anybody really think that Kasada was it was going to go well for Kasada when he went into the throne room and found Fu Lang there? No. <laughs> uh, no, it was not. It's just, I, I'm guessing it was not. It just so happened that he got a sword in the gut as the way of it not going well. But, oh, for those of you who are not L5R historians, the archetypal... The podcast right now. Yeah. <laughs> the, the archetypal bad things happen as a result of your win was that the crab won the storyline tournament to get the ancestral sword of the Hante. So and the way, that they, the, the way that they got it, yes, was that Kasada and Yakomo <laughs> confronted the emperor, found out that it was Fulang. Fulang stabbed Kasada with the ancestral sword of the Hante, and then Yakomo picked up Kisada and left, right. along with the sword. And then later he was like, oh yeah, the sword is still here. Hey, we've got a sword. Yeah. Yes. And then it attached to Yakomo for free in the later versions of his cards. Was the, was the ancestral sword of the Hante playable? Was there, was there, a, was there a corpse of Kisada that attached to it for free to? No, no, Kisada no. didn't die. No, 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 no. He became was... a retainer. Oh. Wasn't there at some point in his funeral that, like, totally screwed honor decks? Or the, yeah, well, somebody yeah. Else's funeral? well, there was also Yakomo's funeral. I honestly oh, don't right, remember which one of which. Because Yakomo wasn't... Was that the first time Yakomo died? Or the, no, that was the first. It was he, the first because he got... He screwed. died for real because the second time he became the son. Yeah. 
Oh, I am getting lost as a player that started in Samurai Edition. Oh, no. The, Ooh, crazy story. Your Komo's, your Komo's first death was terrible, too. Like, he died, and then the Naga resurrected him, yeah. and he was part of the Akasha. So apparently, so, for some apparently reason, before Samurai Edition, this is what I know. Two of the people in Mokugan decided to wage war against the Sun and Moon and take their place. Yes, yes. Uh, no. Uh, Hitomi deliberately went out and killed Onatonga, the moon, because he was going insane, and he was insane and was trying to destroy the universe. Okay. And then Amaterasu, the son, uh, yeah, about that for some was, was mad about oh, the no, fact that her husband right. had, been, had yeah. been killed, and so she, ended up uh, committing... Guy. Well, yeah, she went away for like 28 days or 14 days or something like that. Darkner, wasn't the, the darkness that, that was after she, after she killed herself before... Well, you know, but in any seven. event... If you folks no. could only see the looks that Justin and I are exchanging... As <laughs> she, when she committed to, with Yakomo as her second, and then Yakomo became the son, yes, and at some point she, she stole, stole all the, swords, the ancestral she, swords. <laughs> yes, but you got the soul of Shiva back anyway. Yeah, sure. and this is uh, in the middle of the us talking about the Kote... <laughs> Season yeah, two. this is so much more interesting, though. That depends on what you think about the the Kote story. We should do I a guess. segment, just weird story stuff. <laughs> we have we've, we've talked about doing that before. Me and Kevin right just now? kind of stare at you. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Except last time, no, that was off the air when we gave you the history of Kokujin. Yes. And you're like, who's Kokujin? And we're like, no, what? <laughs> oh, God. oh, that's not possible. You have to know who Kokujin is. But there have there are card games going on at Kote as well, not just story. Uh, yeah. It turns out lion are good. Surprise! Uh, crab are good. Uh, Mantis yeah. are good. Crane are good. And uh, other people are okay or worse. Scorpion have ended up being bad so far. Not as bad as Unicorn, but but bad. We all thought that Scorpion was going to be doing well. You... Pick, did you pick Scorpion near the bottom again, just out of spite? <laughs> Although, I have to say, so far, which of course we're three seconds into the Kote season, so far we, and everyone else who entered the metagame prediction contest, are doing much better this time around than in the uh, the Empire at War really? environment, where we were... Oh no, the, the winner, at the end of the day, had 16 points, lower score is better. Yeah. You were, you were tied, yeah, but yeah. you didn't count. And there are multiple people, like like most of the field, I think, has a 16 or better this time, like if you look at the, the score right now, because everybody put Lion and Crab and Crane near the top, and I said, Mantis has creeped up in the third, but before that, like it was Lion and Crab and Crane, and everybody had Lion, Crane, Crab as their top three. Lion is just a proven winner. I had crab lowered down, can, so I'm probably not go wrong betting online. I'm not sure. I a lot of people. The biggest thing that a lot of people probably had wrong was having scorpion higher, and I think I had them fourth. And well, yes, but you put them. <laughs> you put them near the bottom out of spite, not because you thought they were bad. In case you're wondering, you didn't get to see the decks that scorpion are playing. A lot more ninja than we thought at first. Yeah, that was the other thing at the Atlanta Cote. There were six Dishonored X. That was it. And that's two clans put together. How many Scorpion? There were 11 Scorpion, only three, three were, were Dishonored. Dishonor. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. actually, one of them may have been... Like... It may have been four, because one of the... There weren't actually eight Ninja decks that were like only... Okay. Seven. I just probably saw Ninjas on the deck list and there, called it a Ninja deck. There, there was... Oh, I can't remember. There was something weird. Like, yeah, one of them was a Fortress of Black and Sight magistrate, military dishonor switch, and then 
there may have just been a Kensei deck, or maybe, I, I don't know, but there, yeah, there were only three or four Scorpion Dishonored decks of any sort, and then I think three of the em- Crane Embassy decks were Dishonor. The one Scorpion that top aided was Ninja, but yeah, Ninja, you know, two to one was the, the predominant Scorpion deck. I also got to put up for the Atlanta Cote, which is something that I wish we could get for every Cote, which is a breakdown of what everyone was playing. So, you know, we know exactly how many decks for this, exactly how many decks for that, what, you know, you could actually expect it's to see. It's a lot of field. work, but how awesome is that? I don't, like, I don't think I got to see that yet. It's on the... Yeah, it's yet on again, the, it's one of the many things that's on, on strangeassembly.com. Yeah, you should just go straight to the forums. Uh, yes, there are updates on the main page. Our main page is relatively handy. I think we've got things nicely categorized and tagged so you can filter. Yeah. Anyways. This. What were we talking about? We were talking about the actual decks that people were playing. At oh, right. We were talking about the Jade storyline. Yes. So, Lion doing very well. Primarily playing naked stuff, but some of the decks have been uh, weapon-based still. You they have just have good people. The crab that has primarily that I've seen been playing giant berserkers with good uniques, which is what their most successful deck was in the prior environment. I'm not sure how much those even got. So if you look at at Robin and Daryl's doesn't mean much deck list, they added Hida Akeno was the big thing that they added. Yeah, yeah. Open, you can't use your abilities. That's right, if you have less force. Yeah. And he's a crab. He wrestles crane. I I never noticed him because one of my people has (laughs) face (laughs) abilities. It's like, oh, okay. I don't get to do a range four against your. I have a guy with the words cavalry and naval and shooting jump printed on him. Well, there aren't Consume. that many. Luckily, there aren't that many that have both cavalry and naval yeah. on. So I put a Breath of Thunder on camera, which you said it would never happen, and it does. I didn't see it. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. Let's see. Crane have, I think, primarily been Embassy Honor for their successful decks, and I think that's been the most commonly yeah, played thing. Yeah, from, from what I gathered, the two Cotadians that I've heard about for Crane so far have been Embassy Honor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mantis... Both of the Mantis wins so far have been Dragon's Guard City. I believe the top deck at our top Mantis at our Cote was Dragon's Guard City. Mm-hmm. I know Mac was still doing the. I have lots of magistrates that are just generally good. Yeah. And their yeah. actions. I'm not sure what the the stuff have been so far. I read the tournament report of the guy who got second at Melbourne who lost to Mantis, but he mainly talked about getting throttled repeatedly by Nizen. Who's really, really good. Yeah. He's probably the second best clan champion, I think. You could argue that. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the obvious first place. Was... Well, it's Kulon, yes, yeah. but yeah. I mean, clearly not Crane. Yeah. Nizen's better than Dragon. Crane have a champion? Lion, no. Tsukimi is pretty good, although Phoenix players usually don't seem to think so. She's, well, there's a lot of difficulty with Tsukimi. Yes, you can't just drop her in any random deck. Yeah. Yeah, nobody plays with Daigatsu. Chen's pretty good, Chen's but pretty good. I think Daisen's better. Yeah. Who do we skip? Scorpion. Oh, yeah, they hate their clan champion. So, yeah, so I think I can 
I think I can pretty confidently say Nizen is the second best clan champion. No, I thought the scorpion was good. He's like seven forced for ten gold, and yeah, you take the honor hit. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. but he can come back, back into play. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it is not a coincidence that you know, probably if you had to pick the three best clan champions, it's guys who in some way or another stop you from being able to defend successfully against them. Guan because of his negation, Nizen because he's naval, and Chen because he's cavalry. Yeah. I think they all have pretty good battle points. Yes, yes. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? I think Dragon are next. Although, maybe spread around. Dragon's been all over the place. Surprise! Last Death Castle, and Monks, and Kensai. God help me, Top Dragon at our Kote was a Kensei. We're not lying. Not that bad, actually. I, mean, it's I, got, I, I, I know you've got it's got problems, but I know it's got problems. I've only said about twenty times I thought Kensai was a good dark horse deck this season, and finally had the tools it needed to at least be. Yeah, made competitive. one pop a. Let's. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Too excited. All right. Scorpion have mostly been playing Ninja. I think. I think they're Dishonored decks, as we talked about. I think they. Do have a hard time against Embassy, it's turned yeah. out. Embassy and, just and does, yeah. does their same tricks but better. Does their same tricks but with higher honor? What have Phoenix been playing? Ch- case one with the last one deck. I think all, all, all the, the placing Phoenix decks so far have been military. That's still very bad. Still very bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, um, that only limits it by so to like the, I, I, seven in, decks. In the Vancouver Cote, the top two were Phoenix. And it was Case playing the last one deck, and it was David Burton playing a, uh, a TST dueling deck. The last one. Um, and, 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 and they were pretty even, like, uh, from what I've heard from David, uh, it was basically determined by who won the dice off to go first. And it turned out going first is important. Yeah. Yeah. I never underestimate Lions. Unicorn have been playing with, I don't know what, they haven't been doing well with anything. Top Unicorn at Arcote had his commanders. This is a good choice as anyone folks. Oh, Spider. I think they're still all playing Breeder. Yeah. I thought yeah. more of them would switch to the monk side, but I haven't Breeders, seen much of that. It's just ridiculously good. It's and hard to argue with, like, 30 personalities in play. It's really easy to argue with, with it if you flip up the right event. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. As I've learned multiple times. <laughs> Okay, do we have anything else in the universe to say about Kote season? Or not about Kote season? I mean, since clearly we aren't limiting ourselves to I've not been seeing a lot of Phoenix players. Like, every tournament I look at, there's like four or five Phoenix players on the entire field. They're never a huge player base, are they? They were more huge earlier than that. I think last year, I, I have not... It's something that I can do, although it's kind of... Pointless to do it now with a little thing is that I've got all the attendance numbers for except for the one Kote that they lost them or something. I've got all the attendance numbers for last year's Kote, and so it There's actually lets Kote. you look year over year at changes in clans and changes in the number of players. I also haven't looked yet to see if Kote attendance is generally up or generally down. One would expect it to be down. It usually goes down as the arc progresses. Although, this year is the first, you know, last Kote season of an arc where you don't have the base set 
coming out three seconds after Kote season, and so that may help keep the numbers up, which is part of the reason why they're changing the arc schedule. Yeah. Although apparently it's messing up the story. Well, it's I don't know if the story. story team would use the phrase messing up, but well, they noted that basically they had two years of story, and now they're telling two years of story in two and a half years. Huh. And once that got mentioned, I think you can kind of look back a little bit on yeah. the course of the war and be like, oh yeah, I can see that, <laughs> that it has been progressing a bit slowly. I guess that, yeah, that's probably why. I think the comedy shows where a comedian tried to fill 30 minutes of material with 20 minutes worth of material. Yeah. So that may be why, I think it came up within the context of this war, and so that may be why we're getting a third Kote season of Destroyers smashing stuff on the map because they need to make the Destroyer War last longer so that the end of the story for Celestial Edition actually coincides with something like the end of Celestial Edition. Just take the extra time and make it a bonus round for fabulous prizes. You can beat up a car. You get a new horse! Yes, I always wanted my own horse. That's so useful to me as a player. Just just do what Marabu did and steal Dragon Pirates. Okay, we're done, we're done, we're done. <laughs> yes! This is the Strange Assembly News Desk for March 18th, 2011. In announcements... You may want to know that you can find a War of Honor entry on BoardGameGeek.com and find out more about the upcoming Legend of the Five Rings multiplayer product. In tournament news, Kote season has begun. I'll just apologize in advance for all the destroyed names. At the Atlanta Kote, the tournament was won by Evan Paul, playing Lion, who chose a hero to be elevated to the position of Minor Fortune. The side event was won by Jeremy Spencer of Mantis, who chose Moshe Hiname to appear in the fiction. Chicago Kote was won by Brian Fox, playing Crane, who chose for the province to be defended with Kakita Noritoshi. The side event was won by Jim Chatham, playing Scorpion, who chose Shishiro Jimin. The Barcelona Kote was won by Heraclio Sanchez of the Crane, choosing Keeper of Obsidian. The side event was won by Abraham Ark of the Scorpion, who chose the Sensei. The Feeding Hills Kote was won by Josh Griffiths, playing Crab, who chose an Imperial Yojimbo. The side event was won by Angela Dettilio of the Mantis, who chose Tsuruchi Atsui. The Toulouse Kote was won by Thomas Pequier of the Crane, who chose Champion of Mayo. The side event at the Toulouse Cote was won by Dominique Gerbal of the Crane, who chose Shun to appear in a fiction. The Tulsa Cote winner was Isaac Sinova, playing Mantis and choosing Abbot of Daikoku Sado. The side event at Tulsa was won by Jacob Clausen of the Unicorn, choosing Shinjo Genki. The Vancouver Cote was won by this guy named Case Kayanaga we've never heard of, but he was playing Phoenix, and he chose to defend the province with the Sawa Mizuhiko. The side event was won by Hazel Ward of the Crane, choosing Daidoji Karimi. 
The Dublin, Ireland Cote was won by James Cameron playing Crab and choosing Commander of an Elite Unit. The side event was won by Sean Frank of the Rogan, who chose Tarui to appear in a fiction. The Melbourne Cote was won by Brad Webb of the Mantis, who chose the secondary port in the Ruined Kingdom. The side event was won by Leonard Wee of the Scorpion, choosing Soshi Kyo. The Bielsko Cote was won by Andre Robel of the Spider, who chose to defend with Daigatsu Usharo. The side event was won by Kazimir Beek of the Crab Clan, who chose Haruma Seiko. The Cincinnati Kote was won by Paul Ashman playing Spider and choosing Daigatsu Ga Sang. The side event was won by Sarah Korn of the Ronin, who chose Urasu to appear in a fiction. Since last we spoke, there have been three stories. Another Scenes from the Empire, this one by Rusty Prisk, Brian Yoon, and Sean Carmen, published on February 27, 2011. The Kote season fictions have also started. The Destroyer Wars Weeks 1 and 2 are up, written by Sean Carmen and Lucas Twyman, published on March 7th and March 15th, respectively. In other news, I'd like to thank those of you who expressed your concern after the last episode, but I was just really tired. I'm all right. Thank you for your uh, interest. That's it for the Strange Assembly News Desk for March 18th, 2011. Stick around for more Strange Assembly. Well, right now it's Kote season. We've obviously already talked about that and several other things like Jade Edition storyline. <laughs> you know, the. No, 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 you don't have to do it again. Stranger Simply bringing you the hot news now. Yes, well, now we're going to go on to the even hotter, nower news, because we're going to talk about Emperor Edition. Uh, Emperor Edition is the next base set. It's coming out at the end of the year, November, or whatever. Whenever whenever the the Chinese uh, boats get here. Whenever the boat comes in. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're going to be printed in China. Whenever the boat gets to the United States with the cards on it, that's when the set will come out. They had previously said November. Last time they said something, they said the end of the year. That's largely the same. There aren't any tournaments in December anyway. They've started announcing the themes online, and we've now seen the first Emperor Edition legal cards. Uh, There were a couple of participation promos, uh, what, Green Nightshade Blend and... Recruitment officer, maybe? No, 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 the box. Okay, yeah, or have the Emperor Edition box. Also, all the cards in the Kote promo pack have Emperor Edition bugs on them. So. Oh, the Herald pack has Emperor Edition bugs on them, too. I think two yeah. of them do. Two of them. I forgot about that. That's right, we've got Imperial Heralds. Yeah. So. So the Kote promo pack. Uh, we got Fukurokujin's Wisdom. A Celestial plus one hand size. Discard it to run away. Eh? Discard it to run away. Like Discard it and target one or more guys in your army and move them home and straighten their units. I've heard people liked Ordered Retreat back in the day. Yes, but with Ordered Retreat you could move some guys home and straighten others, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that was... You move this unit home, straighten that unit. 
This just lets you, this straightens the units of the guys you That's run away. Yeah. And it's competing with a lot, at it's least right with, now. Yeah, the moment it's the first, I guess it's the only stuff. Emperor Edition Celestial so far, but I mean, in, in CE, it's competing with so much for Celestial Edition spots. Minor Blackmail, I think this will get played. Uh, minor Blackmail, events, yeah. choose a guy, they're, next time they do anything, they're dishonored and, their controller loses two honor. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure that can get in a deck somewhere. Oh, and it does does have the interesting thing that it says unique now. The event says unique. Events previously Why did not say unique. unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, clarity. Another event. Signs importance. Put directly into your binder. There were people on the forums going crazy about this, They're and wrong. I don't understand. They're wrong. They're you're not gonna. It, 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 you're They're not right. gonna spend an event to fiddle with the top of your deck. Magistrate Stipend. It's a clan holding for magistrates, and it's, it has an action. It's really awesome. I don't understand the art. I'm missing something. Yes, the magistrate stipend is a cave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's apparently a mine. It's a dark cave. Yes. Was this the correct art for this card? Apparently, when the magistrates go to get saved, they need to counter his scarf and never end the story. <laughs> yeah. Awesome card, though. Yeah. The art makes card, no but sense. That is right. That art They're makes... actually getting paid in darkness. <laughs> paid in inky black. Yeah, but that... Anytime you can get maybe, another clan holding... Maybe, like... maybe it's one of those under-the-table paying things. <laughs> Your magistrate <laughs> gets his stipend. O- only for Jimin's uh, magistrates. Yeah. The action increases your guys' chi for an, a one action that's not a duel. Magistrate I think actions people like overrate that. Cause uh, I know I know from the the, the Magistrate Magistrate players I've talked to that, that that's really exciting for them. Because there's a lot of three chi magistrates. Yeah, they're not really supposed to be playing with those. Well, <laughs> and it does help, like, oh, you're playing Lion or Battle Maiden. Now Jitsushi can actually target somebody. The guy It does something, but yeah. I think... I, I think I saw more talk about that on the forums than about the fact that it produces three gold when you're buying a guy. Yeah. I, I like two right, for no. three holdings. The, yes. You put it in the deck because it produces three. It's kind of cool that it's giving you the plus one chi. Yeah. yeah. We have Mia Masatsuko. She's an unaligned Imperial Courtier. She lets you discard the Imperial Favor to draw an extra card at the end of the turn. Sounds really good to me. That's better than cycling. Yeah. And if you're Crane, you can favor cycle and do that. Why aren't you running into your marriage? <laughs> yes. Tadatsugu, another one of these 7,000 keyword Ronin guys. I, he must be part of Karnata's family. Sorry, he's got to be related. Uh, he's probably Karnata's little brother. Cavalry Kensei Paragon, 5 4 for 7, right? Yeah, 5 4 for 7. They're all 5 4 for 7. Deadlands, Shadowlands card. You can bring Undead back. You... Yeah, no one's going to play with that either. I wasn't impressed. Of Undead spiders, like, normal personalities, but I never see your, them get played. Most like, of your Undead get removed from the game when they these, die anyway. It, it lets you put, like, Undead people back based up in your provinces, and most of the Undead people in a spider deck are not the kind of guys you want to be bringing back. No, no, it's not impressive. It's a narrow set of the personalities yeah. in your deck, maybe. And it tends to be the worst personalities, too. It, it's not for a breed of deck. It's for no. a completely different type of deck that nobody's really playing at all. Uh, yeah, I don't... 
I don't know if it's is it supposed to be a particular kind of deck, or is it somebody just thought like, it's, oh, it would be interesting if you had to resurrect dead people. It's basically a card for the, for the decks that are playing the actual undead personalities, like uh, Churro, who's the one who negates his value. Yeah. No, no one is. No, yeah. Those decks don't exist. I know. Yes. Well, keep in mind, it's still bugged. Who knows what we'll get in Emperor. Maybe that'll be one of the themes we haven't seen yet, is undead. Great. Plague War can be over. We can get a plague zombie theme. Yes. Uh, like more on to the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I know about that movie is that people make jokes about its name. Because it's a great name! <laughs> Alright, so what's the next card? Near Miss. Uh, it negates someone destroying your attachment, or it pays two gold to pay for an attachment. Play this card. That seems pretty yeah. good. Two three three pretty good. Yeah. I like yeah. free money that has a very useful action attached. Two Koku. Yes. Two Koku. Two Koku. Costly feud. Target an enemy personality or follower. Give it minus three force. Doubt if its force is now zero. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's got Jim and whining about Noritoshi flavor text on it, but I think it's never going to make Just add that to the collection. collection revealed basically the same thing about the balance. Probably. I don't know. Maybe it's 440. No, because straightening the ring is not the same thing. There's about 20 monk no. actions that That's do this already, but do other stuff too. But it, yeah, it, or battle maybe. Well, yeah, but yeah. this is or, but this or, is or, generically or. available to anyone. It's not performed. Which shameful and cowardly. It, well, yeah, shameful and cowardly is infinitely better. <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah, not not every card can be better. No one's going to play with that. Hunger of the Fire. Destroy this card, which is a spell. Bow the Shigenja unless he is fire. Target an enemy card without attachments in a unit whose personality has force lower than or equal to your Shigenja's force or chi. Oh, uh, that's a lot Ooh, of conditions. Yeah. That's a whole lot of conditions. I, I, don't, if you, I don't know if you've noticed lately, but Shigenja is not high force people. Yeah. yeah. Not, not without any significant help from other cards. They, have, they can have high chi. But they usually only have four. Yeah. So you can kill an attachment on a guy who's got three four shots. I'm not putting that card Yeah, like that. no. Okay. But if you're playing against some lion deck with two force guys... Yet. <laughs> Inexpensive armor. Uh, no. Nope. Nope. Terrible. Yeah, they tried that with inexpensive scout or whatever his yeah. name was. It doesn't work. It's not worth a card just to put an attachment on your first there aren't armor. Any things, there aren't that many things that get negated by having armor. Well, well, things plain that, old attachment. Stuff, yeah, plain but, old things with attachments, and it protects you against range attacks. But still, that's not. That is a free follow. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen. The last card is Bounty Hunter. Wow, this requires you to have personal honor. Three force for four follower that bows an attachment or a dishonorable personality. I guess that's going in Scorpion Magistrates. Scorpion Magistrates, and that's the. About it. Well, you want a military deck that reliably oh. dishonors people. Yeah. So that's that's basically score. Yep. Okay, so that's what you get for Previous. Emperor Edition when you show up and... You get a couple cards that are really awesome. And let's say this is something you get for free when you go play in the Kote. It is a gigantic fat pack compared to what well, I think any other Kote pack, pack I've yeah. seen. Yeah. I, 
And there, are, there are actually some decent cards. You're well, not even, not even decent. Good... I, you absolutely must have Magistrate Siphon if you are going to play a Magistrate deck. I, Masatsuko is great. Minor Blackmail is great. Tetsugu, who knows? Yeah, Near Miss. The Dynasty card's stronger. All, all it takes is one you must have it card to make you go get the Kote promo pack. There are a couple you must have it card. Now, yeah. 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 So you've got to go that. Uh, in addition about Emperor Edition, they've started rolling out the themes. It started out with Yasuki Dishonor, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yep. my, my mind can't handle like this, guys. Crab, crab, crab Dishonor Dishonoring deck. people. Uh, crab I, wonder, I wonder how popular this going to be with Crab players. People seem pretty enthusiastic yeah, about it. I mean, yeah. we're dealing with a clan that mostly does military and then the other kind of military, and we've got another military theme over there. And yep. you give them dishonor, and it's a a theme that makes sense. That is an established family in the clan. It's not like it's something that's made up and randomly thrown in there. And besides, it's also a, a collab. It's the collab. Yeah, it's, it's the collab theme. theme. Yeah, yeah, that, that does up it in, in, in the, the coolness factor. <laughs> yeah, most of the crab players I know, which is very small, they have people people who like to play with the big guys and crush things. Well, I, I don't think they're going to get rid of the big guys and crush things themes. But I think that... No, I think seems... the other crab theme is going to be arranging pop-pop, doing poetry and flower gardening. Yeah, well, you, don't you, you remember Portly Place Garden? Yeah, they've got some of the, the crab artists. You know, you have a, an artisan deck with Fubatsu and the guy who did that. I love that crab artist who brought the holdings back and was talking to the crate guy with a humongous hammer. Yeah, there you go. That, that could be the second crab thing, theme artisans. The third crab theme will be undead. Raising undead people. New clan champ. Yes. You think the crab lands are just going to be perfectly healthy after the destroyers have been no, occupying no, them for like two years? We, we've had enough Kuan. There's like six Kuans. Kuroda is the champion. No, you got to bring undead Kuan back. He just won't die. He's going to be a sword in my side for yet another arc. Yeah, because the crab want to be like scorpion one of these. It's the Scorpion who have their clan champions come back as zombies. True. So far. So far. Guess what? That was another trick question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. I remember. <laughs> People got that one, though. I'm sure. I mean, everyone actually great got that. Great trivia question. Name an undead Scorpion clan champion. For bonus points, name another. <laughs> All right. So, what's our next thing? <laughs> oh, Crab Quizmasters. Oh, hey. Okay. Yeah. That was why that was irrelevant. Uh, okay. The next theme that got previewed was Mantis Honor. <laughs> with the, with the Kitsuki. Yeah. No, Kitsuki. Kitsune. Yes. Spirits of the Forest I, or whatever. I actually kind of looking forward to that. That sounds like it could be cool. Trevor got a spree theme. Yep. Yes. Great news. Yay! Trevor. Oh, look. We're going to make fun of you again. <laughs> and you punked here. out and didn't show up. And then, though, I don't, they may have set the bar high on innovation, because I've noticed when they would then preview the next theme, people are like, oh, it's a brand new theme, but it's not like some completely drastically different thing than we've ever seen in this clan, so now I think it's lame. Well, I think Crane Shugenja. Yeah. So, the Asahina. Poison Token Victory? No. <laughs> no, no. It was not Crane Berserkers, or, or something like that. It was Crane, yeah, sure. Crane Shugenja Honor. So they're, after spending this arc, 
complaining that they didn't get any Shuganja. The crane will get a Shuganja <laughs> order. <laughs> You're going to get an entire deck You're going to get more Shuganja. You, you get a Shuganja. You get a Shuganja. Everybody gets Shuganja. Well, I guess that's two two out of the four so far are Shuganja themes. Right. Well, yeah. Presumably we'll get a Shuganja eventually. No. No? Phoenix, no, Phoenix don't no get Shugenja one. for the Phoenix. I'd be okay with that. You're getting berserkers. You Let's see. I would quit. So we've got the monks. Uh, no Shugenja. So we'd have to have a samurai, artisan. The courtiers. Okay. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I forgot the henshin. Yeah, the third one was the Asako henshin. So Phoenix, monks with. I don't know what they're doing. Spreading monk love. Uh, yeah, so you know, but we're spreading out dishonor. We're spreading out honor. We're spreading out monks. So, so far we've seen. You know, concepts spread to new and different places. Then there was the crane. And then this week we got lion the lion scout. scouts. You have a personal piece with the lion scout. I don't have a problem with the lion scout theme. I just, as John already knows this, I think that the write up for the lion scout theme makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I, I totally got to the end of it before realizing it was talking about scouts. <laughs> the beginning, I thought they were, talk, they were introducing a paragon theme. It, yeah, it, it opens up talking about how everyone falsely believes that the lion are traditional and hidebound, when, of course, everything that's ever come out about the lion on the subject has said... Like, there are things they that are. explicitly say that they are traditional and hidebound. Like, in the, not in the CCG, in the RPG, the, the lion can say... You know, the Swordmasters, they just are doing the same exact kata that they were doing 800 years ago, because if it was good enough for Grandpa, then it's good enough for me. And so they're very traditional and hidebound, and it's talking about how people are falsely thinking that they're traditional and hidebound. Maybe, maybe they just appear hidebound because what they do already works, and there's no reason to change it. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they want to innovate, there's just... They've already there's innovated no everything to. into perfection. They found perfection like 500 years ago. Uh... Then it talks about how the lion are are just suffused with humility. The lion, you know those lion. Oh, yeah. I they no no pride. It's not like pride is their vice, yeah, yeah. such that they make cards that are called things like lion's pride. They totally haven't had braggarts in their clan or anything. Yeah, the Oimadasu. They, they have a their their courtier concept is about bragging. They pick fights because you uh, offended their honor, and they just can't suck it up and make it. No, no, no! I, I, my pride demands that we they, they slaughter out, your minor clan. Yeah, they wipe out your clan because you offended them several hundred years ago. I, yeah, and then it, and then it goes from that into it's a scout theme. And the uh, empress has seen their honor because she hasn't seen the results from the from the mega <laughs> game, game yet. yet. Yes. Apparently, but like, oh, you know what? That's that's it. That's the joke. It talks about how the Empress sees that the lion's honor comes through humility, not hubris. And that's why they have no honor, because they have no humility. <laughs> that's it. You're brilliant, Justin. Brilliant. You figured it out. I figured it out you 500 saw, years ago. the riddle. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I said something about this on the forums. Sean responded, and, I, and so I guess the point was supposed to be that Lion are not just mindless war machine people. They they just stomp in, not knowing what's going on. That they actually use. They're aware of the value of information and intelligence in the course of warfare. It's just that to me, that's sort of a duh. That's yeah. kind of duh. I, 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, granted, they're tacticians, you, not berserkers. We expect them to think about the. Yeah. the granted, you never know that the lion know how to use scouts from the way that the harriers held them off for a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> but as the crab like to say, well, the crane do have better moths. Yeah. <laughs> I think that still ticks off the crab players. <laughs> crab, you know, everything you say bad about the crab is right. They have. Guard the wall. That's that's a preoccupation. Anything, any of their interactions with other clubs have kind of marred by that. Yeah. This yeah. crab court here just walked in with muddy boots. Hey, wall. Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to work like that. That's one of the things that to yeah. go into another random bizarro tangent is when you set out at the start of Legend of the Five Rings. The Shadowlands hasn't done anything in like 500 years, and so no one cares about the crab. They're like, oh, you boogeyman, you have no idea, you have no clue. In fact, the Shadowlands, when they concepted L5R, wasn't even supposed to be a physical place. It was supposed to be some separate realm, so there was no such thing as a wall. And then, I guess later, possibly for intellectual... Well, possibly for intellectual <laughs> property reasons, somebody had pub- recently published something that had a similar concept of what they wanted to do with the Shadowlands, so then it became this separate physical place, and they built this wall. And of course now, there have been multiple invasions from the Shadowlands that everyone in Rokugan would know that all that, oh, that's real and it's a yeah. big threat. Although to be the fair, although to be fair to everyone in Rokugan, the first big Shadowlands invasion was the crowd being allied with the Shadowlands. Oops. But you know, forgive and forget. I. You can see why the Scorpion would want to kill Xada off. I mean, he is, in a way, in some ways, one of the greatest traitors that the Empire has ever known. He did yeah. abandon every duty and oath he ever had had or made allied with the greatest enemies of the Empire, and got totally played for a fool. Okay, I think that's all that we have for the themes, and all that we know about Emperor Edition right now, except that I guess the next expansion is going to be Dual Bugs. No, it's going to be Dual Bugs. They, they, uh, one of the, the trade magazines had... Uh, well, because you have to... You, you have to announce that stuff far enough in advance that people can order it. Yeah. It's like when you're soliciting it. So right. it's there's if you go on the AEG forum, there is a thread about it. It's called Before the Dawn. Oh, is it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Go check out products sometime. There's some weird conversations I'm on there. a lot of things lately. Yeah, I, I find that the easiest way to keep up with things like that is I don't actually go into individual forums. I just click the View Active Topics. And then I can just look at the topic na- the topic names and see if it's something interesting. Well, you just you don't actually have to click onto the topics if you don't want to see anything. I can never tell when I see them. It's like I hear this question about Shirito, and it's like, oh, what about it? Oh, it's local. Well, then you should purchase a copy of the Legend of the Five Rings role playing game and do that instead of. D and D lame edition or whatever you're playing. I'm not playing the lame edition. Okay. I'm playing 3.5, dude. That is much better than fourth. Yeah. Unlike L five R, going from third to fourth edition in D and D is a substantial downgrade. Oh. What you don't like playing computer games at the tabletop? Not really. 
I don't like playing those kinds of computer <laughs> games on the computer. Justin does. I do that. But, well, now we're talking about seven. This is officially the tangent episode, yeah, I guess. I Holy cow, yeah. Tangent episode. Okay, that's done for this segment. Have a nice day. That's it for this episode of Strange Assembly. You can check us out on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. Come back often for the latest updates. You can also follow those updates from our Facebook or Twitter pages, Strange Assembly at either one. While you're on strangeassembly.com, you can click over to our forums, download individual episodes of our podcast, or subscribe to the podcast and automatically download all future episodes. But you probably knew what subscribe meant, didn't you? You can also subscribe to the podcast by searching us up on iTunes. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to give me a ring at chris at strangeassembly.com. We're also looking for any well-performing tournament players from the Cote this year, or anybody who won an honor events, to do interviews on future episodes to try to give our audience a broader perspective of the tournament scene. And you can reach me at that exact same email address if you're interested in doing that. For Justin Purdy, Jay Earl, and Kevin Kennedy, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. So long, thanks for all the fish. Stop banging on the table in the hot water. Sorry.